Good morning and hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WBGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student run radio since 1971. As always, I'm your host, Jack Hart, alongside my color man, Davis Carroll. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn and Opelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be tuning in today. Whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna through the information superhighway at WeagleFM.com or tuning in after the fact by listening to our podcast on your podcast player of choice, we are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now, as always, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin WEGL studios here in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where right now it is a lovely 71 and a sunny, it's not, it's 51 and cloudy. Got your hopes up there. It is uh, it's the Wednesday morning, so we wish you a good morning once again. Uh, winter, ha- old man winter has returned and brought with him some clouds and some chilly weather. We had it, we had it good for too long, seems like. So, Davis, how are we doing today on a Wednesday morning? I was a little late getting out of my crib. Hump day. I was a little late getting in here. The but hump day slump. The hump day slump. You know, I accidentally slept into like seven twenty, which is a death sentence to me getting that out is on just, time. The the Undertaker's nailing nailing you in. I st- I got here at eight oh five, so I'd, I'd say that's pretty maybe eight oh six. Hey, we're here. We're here. We're we're happening, and uh, okay. Well, right now, we don't need more engineers. And we're and we're referencing Interstellar at eight in the morning. So I, I think it's a pretty good day if you ask me. We don't need. <laughs> we didn't run out. Of, we didn't it. run out of airplanes. Um, at this point, I would like to remind our audience that if at any point in the next two hours you feel so inclined to ask a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, if you want to correct us, you can go ahead and do so at 334-844-9345. That is 334-844-WEGL on your touchstone keypad. We'd love to hear from you. You can also shoot us a tweet at CDISCAU. That is at C-D-I-S-C-A-U. We'd love to hear from you there as well. i got tweet deck right in front of me, so if you send us something, it'll roll right in. Maybe even catch me off guard, so... Try 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 to try your hand at that. Um, yesterday we talked about the Long Beach State University athletics naming scheme and how they are just referred to as the beach. The beach. And um, believe it or not, as soon as as soon as that episode went live, we had uh, the Sickos committee for college basketball. If you don't know what that is, uh, you obviously don't spend enough time on Twitter. Uh, the Sickos community. Our committee is a community of sickos who like to go around and find the most bizarre, strange, wacky, weird, and just perverse things going on in the world of college basketball and share it with the world, including, you know, if a team's coming out the gate shooting 10% from the floor, or if the white balance on the game is messed up and everyone looks orange, anything like that, anything out of the ordinary the sickos committee is on top of. They were on top of yesterday. Um, the one of the more bizarre venues for college basketball that is played in the United States right now, and that is, of course, Long Beach State University's Walter Pyramid. Mm. Their tweet says, Do you think Memphis has the only pyramid with basketball capabilities? Not even close. Say hello to the Walter Pyramid, the 4,000-seat capacity arena where Long Beach State plays basketball. It looks amazing, but there's only one catch. There's no natural light. <laughs> so you're basically playing in a big cave. Um, so if you have not had the chance already, go go ahead and bump on over to our Twitter at CDISCAU, that's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U, and you can see us, uh, we retweeted this, it is, it is worth your time to check out, it is, it is one of the more bizarre sporting events you'll ever see, or you can, uh, just look up Walter Pyramid on Google Maps, it's right there, over there in Long Beach. To be I- fair, 
How many arenas actually have natural light? Few, but I think I think the 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 distinction was pointed out because especially from this picture taken from the corner of the arena, most of the picture is the roof. And Fair. you think if some of that was glass, especially in sunny California, they wouldn't even need lights. Right. I mean, yeah. I bet I, I bet there's so much there's so much headspace there. They could like build another floor. They really honestly, yeah. Have I, classes up there? Oh yeah, it's like the the Cathedral of Learning in Pittsburgh. Is that what's that? Oh, if you haven't seen the Cathedral of Learning, uh, check is it. Do they learn in a cathedral? I take it. Uh huh. Check it out. Let's see this. So Ain't it's, no way. It's this like thirty-story building. It looks like it's from Harry Potter. Oh my goodness, that looks fake. They have class in there. That does look like it's from. That looks like it's gonna take off and go into space and blow up the moon. Yeah, it's like a gothic cathedral, and you can like take your geology 101 class in there. Imagine if we had Dr. Burke's anthropology class. That'd be awesome. Inside of a cathedral, we're learning about culture and foramens and primates, rap battles, rap. When did we learn about a rap battle? The, the Inuit rap battles. That's true. I mean, you think we're joking, but Dr. Burke's anthropology class. Take it if you have the chance. The potlatches. You will certainly learn something. Uh, you did not even know was was possible. All right, well that was uh that was a quick Twitter update of what's going on over on our Twitter. Uh, quick update of what's going on on the campus of Auburn University. We have Auburn basketball tonight. We are playing Vanderbilt at Do AP. You defeat. Yes, let the Navy jokes commence as their mascot is the Commodores. Um, we got it's kind of like the Commanders, but it's the Commodores. Is that like what's the What's the closest like parallel in the army? Oh, okay. Um, because they have they still have, they have lieutenants in the navy still, I believe, right? Yeah, because so, in pirates he says lieutenant. I'm going to Armed Forces Military Benefits info. Okay, we got all right. Let's see, comma door. I don't know if we have commodores anymore. What? Yeah. It's a, it does sound like a... I think it's more of a British thing, isn't it? I guess it? so. We have a uh, seaman, seaman apprentice, seaman, petty officer, third class, petty officer, second class, petty officer, first class, chief petty officer, senior chief petty officer, master chief, chief warrant officer. Master chief? Chief warrant officer, ensign. Uh, it is lef- the... Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Commander, captain, rear admiral. Does it say lieutenant? No, it says okay. lieutenant. Vice admiral, admiral, fleet admiral. Okay, so the Commodore position was abolished in 1985 in America. Awesome. What a dramatic term for getting rid of something. It was abolished. <laughs> it was formed in it 1974. It cast into the sun. Uh, that is, okay, well, if you want to see the only Commodores oh. left in America, they will be in Auburn Arena tonight at 8 p.m., and they will be taking on you the undefeated at home, I've Auburn got the Tigers. Answer. Hit me. Modern-day Commodores are senior captains in the U.S. Navy and holding major operational command of, func- or fu- of functional or type air wings or air groups, S- exclusive of air- carrier air wings, such as strike fighter wings, electronic attack wings, patrol and reconnaissance wings, airborne early warning wings. You get the idea. Very well. Lieutenant. Well, we got to hit a quick break. When we return, we'll be talking Vanderbilt versus Auburn tonight at 8 p.m. Your number two Auburn Tigers are looking to stay perfect at home 
And it is one of three home games we have left. So if you've not been to a game yet and gone to the jungle, this is a great opportunity as it is a Wednesday, it is a late game, and Vanderbilt is just a mere 13 and 11. So I think you might just be able to squeeze your way in to the jungle. Uh, there was also some big games last night as Tennessee runs Kentucky out of the barn and makes things really interesting considering Auburn has to head up to Thompson Bowling here in a week or two. So we'll talk about all that and more when we return on Compact Discourse. Keep it right here on a Wednesday on a WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm Jack Hart. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Um, <clears throat> I'm Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll. The Kieran Culkin and Paul Giamatti of the airwaves this morning. Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, yeah, we're back. It is Wednesday morning. We're coming at you live from the Harold Melton Student Center here on the campus of Auburn University. Um, we'll jump right into some... College basketball, it is a Wednesday, it is a Weagle Wednesday, it is a Wooback Wednesday, so uh, we'll just get right back into things right here. Auburn plays Vanderbilt tonight. Vanderbilt's coming in boasting a 13-11 record, 5-7 in conference. Your host, Auburn Tigers, are 23-2, undefeated in regulation, undefeated at home, and 11-1 in the conference. Scotty Pippen Jr. is coming to town tonight. Again? I got it. I got the country. Oh, yeah, Davis is playing the word, the word, word, word little, the word little. I say worldly, so I can differentiate the parallelly. You know, it was crazy because the wordle yesterday. Go on. I got a different one than y'all. You did. You felt what bad was, about was, spoiling it, but what was the deal the end, with that? I think I think they're they they were testing you. But then once I went back on it to send the link, it refreshed, and it was the one that y'all did. The New York Times, they're, 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 they've made it sneaky. They're trying to trick me. They're really, they're really doing a number on you. I had lunge. You. Lunge. Lunge. Interesting. So, Scottie Pippen Jr. is the best player on this Vandy team. He is the points leader. He's the assist leader. He's the minutes leader. He's the free throw percentage leader. He's the field goal percentage leader. This team revolves around Scottie Pippen Jr. And um, Auburn... Their current leaders is, of course, no surprises here. Jabari coming in averaging 15.2 points per game, 42.8% field goal percentage, 80% free throw percentage. Walker Kessler coming off a triple-double against, uh, who did we play last? Texas A&M coming off a, his second triple-double, the most by a single player in Auburn history. He's averaging eight rebounds per game, five defensive rebounds per game, and three offensive rebounds per game. And Wendell Green, your utility player, coming off the bench in, re- in relief of Zepp Jasper, he's averaging five assists per game and two and a half turnovers per game. So that's what's going on on the stat sheet. Vanderbilt um, just came off of a scrappy loss to Tennessee. They beat Missouri pretty handedly and a surprising home win against LSU where they were up big on the Tigers' For a majority of the game, they also barely hung on uh, to 
to just lose against Kentucky up in Rupp Arena at the beginning of this month, two weeks ago, where they only lost by seven to a very good top five Wildcat team. And as we know, Auburn's last two games were at Arkansas, where they fell in overtime last Tuesday, and versus Texas A&M on Saturday, where they dominated the Aggies, and Walker Kessler pretty much constructed a brick wall around the rim and didn't let anything in to rack up his second triple-double of the season, both in conference play. So he needs one more to be standalone as the lone second-place person in SEC history with triple-doubles. Three? Three. Three would would be good enough for second place, uncontested. What's number one? Shaquille O'Neal has an impressive six triple doubles in his LSU career. Do you think tonight people are going to have a new new chip, uh, 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 um, new heckles for Scottie Pippen Jr.? Um, I have a feeling they won't. New heckles? What are the old heckles? I've, I, the only one I know is is no tipping Pippen because apparently he's a bad tipper. Well, is that true? That's what I've heard. Scottie Pippen from restaurants in or Chicago. Scottie Pippen Jr. I it runs in the family, does it not? Uh, I don't know. I feel like you can break the cycle of that. Scotty Pippen Sr. would uh, be a bad tipper. Future. That's one of the one of the heckles because his mother had a thing with Future for a while. Oh. The rapper. She also oh. had a thing with Malik Beasley for a while, an NBA player. I'm sure we'll hear all that and yeah. more tonight in uh, in the jungle. As well as Jungle Village, which will get uh kicked off here probably pretty soon. Uh, the first, the first inhabitants will 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 shuffle into the jungle village. Uh, WGL will be out there later on this afternoon, around four thirty-five, to get things bumping before gates open. We'll be probably be hanging out till around eight when tip-off starts. So, should be fun to come hang out. I don't think you will be harassed like we were when Bama was in town by uh. The, the ball and Bama cowboy. The ball and Bama cowboy. And the ball other. and Bama cowboy was cool. It was just the the other person that came up. Well, I, d- I doubt I doubt many many Doors fans will be making the trek down to Auburn today to watch this one. There's going to be no ball and Vanderbilt cowboy today. Perhaps what not. What a shame. The uh, the you can watch this one on SEC Network if you can't make it into the arena or you're not here on the planes with us. You can also. Uh, Check out the line on this one. It's 13.5 in favor of Auburn. So you know what they say, good teams win, great teams cover. In order to cover, Auburn's got to beat this Doors team by 14. Auburn with a 91% chance to win, according to the BPI of ESPN. All right, let's jump on over to... Do you think, does a robot do that percentage? Or is it someone like, I think I'll give them a... Uh, it's definitely a robot. 87. It's, it's uh, like 10, they run the game 10,000 times... And so in that in that scenario, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt won eight hundred and thirty of those games. Oh, you, I I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get mm-hmm. it. All right, let's look at your scores from last night. It was an eventful night in college basketball. I don't even know where to start. Um, here we can start with the boring game. Arkansas went to Missouri and just blew them out of the water. Uh, number twenty three, Arkansas, who was on a really good winning streak until they ran into Alabama on Saturday, but they are right back to their winning ways. They are ranked in the top 25. They are number 23. They defeated Missouri 76-57. Over in the Mountain West, you had Wyoming goes down to New Mexico. So uh, just as soon as they are into the poll, Wyoming's going to jump off the back of the poll on next Monday. They lose 66-75 to New Mexico. In a rivalry game that goes to overtime, Texas 
travels to Norman, Oklahoma, and escapes with a two-point victory, 82-78. Christian Bishop goes for 16 points, six rebounds, and three assists in that one. In the Big Ten, Penn State hosts a, uh, a ranked Michigan State team and wins a classic Big Ten matchup as both teams are knotted at 24 heading into the half. And Penn State outscores the Spartans by four in the second half to notch a conference win. They are now five and nine in conference play. Big Penn State over Michigan State, 62 to 58. Over in the Big Ten, Ohio State puts on a defensive clinic and holds Minnesota 45 points as they win at 70 to 45. Wisconsin travels to the Assembly Hall and defeats Indiana 74 to 69. That's a tough place to win. And in Cameron. Indoor facility, what's it called? Cameron Gym? It's Duke. Duke. I used to just call it Cameron Indoor. Cameron I Indoor. I refer to it as that. Okay, there's, there's, there's a third word. Coach K, Coach K was not feeling well uh, and left the game at halftime, so his the guy he picked to replace stadium. him. Cameron Indoor Stadium? Yeah. As opposed to an outdoor stadium? No comment. <laughs> so so uh, Coach K picked his successor – Earlier, uh, earlier this month, I believe, and he got a, he got a chance to work on his coaching chops because Coach K was not feeling well, and did not return from the locker room in the second half. So uh, Duke was up big, but Wake was able to claw their way back. Uh, Wake has not won in Cameron Indoor since Tim Duncan was on the team in 1997. So it's been 22 straight home victories for Duke, and it nearly mm. the, by, by a matter of inches the streak nearly ended. Duke. The game was tied. Duke gets a game go-ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. Duke gets a go-ahead layup and put back with uh, 0.2 seconds left on the clock. And then they review it. It looked like offensive interference. It wasn't ruled offensive interference. But Wake does get an extra two-tenths of a second. So they have four seconds. Uh, they inbound the ball and send up a desperation heave, which goes off the window and off the rim, if it had been about two inches lower, I think it might have just been a game-winning three. Although Scott Van Pelt did say he didn't get it off in time, so I don't know. We probably would have reviewed that for another fifteen minutes. Yeah, I if that would went in. We would have gone crazy in tequila. That's right. It would have, it would have been momentous. First time in twenty-two years. But Wake Forest will have to wait another year for Coach K's. Uh, for Duke's first season without Coach K since I believe the '80s is going to have Wake Forest is going to have to wait to try to win in Cameron Indoor. All right, your two big games from the night. It was Villanova traveling to Providence. Providence has, is undefeated in close games. Their only uh, their only three losses have been bad losses to two conference opponents and one non-con opponent. Villanova travels to Providence to Dunkin' Donuts Arena to take on the Friars and. They get the job done. The Wildcats come in, bury a game, a dagger three, right as time was expiring. Colin Gillespie goes for 33 points in this one. He gets four rebounds and two assists as well, as the Wildcats are now um, making their case to be the kings of the Big East. There's still a game back on the Friars in the standings, but they escape with a win, 89-84. It's tough to win on the road, and it's even tougher to beat a top-10 team like Providence. And then... Is it Dunkin' Donuts Arena or just Dunkin' Arena? I believe it's Dunkin' Donuts Arena. So they left the donuts on for the arena. Dunkin' Donuts Arena. 
Oh, a Dunkin' Donuts Center. Okay. So the donuts are still on. Is that one of the last, like a Mandela effect for people that will be like, I remember it said donuts. Look look at this place where they play. Is it not called Dunkin' Donuts? It's called Dunkin'. They dropped the donuts. When did they drop the donuts? It's like a few years ago, I feel like. It's like how Domino's dropped the pizza? Yeah. Just Dunkin'. Commonly referred to as the Dunk. Drop the donuts. It's cleaner. Let's see Paul Allen's donut. <laughs> Drop the the. <laughs> um, so that's what's going on in Providence, Rhode Island. They have a Dunkin' Donuts Center. You never notice how it just says Dunkin' every time? I mean, I got that, but that's... I, okay, my mouse is messing up. Okay. I'll get, I'll get my Twitter fingers going. We've got Kentucky traveled to Thompson Bowling Arena to take on the Volunteers of Tennessee. Tennessee... Got beat bad by Tennessee in Rupp. I believe they lost by 22 or 27, something bad. And Tennessee returns the favor, blowing Kentucky out of the water. Uh, I think they got out, not uh, out turnovered, 14 to two in the second half. So Kentucky was uh, really just not taking care of the ball. Tennessee was scooping it right up and scoring with it, as well as raining down threes from long distance. Uh, Kentucky was up early in this one. I think they got up to a 10 to 2 lead, but at one point Tennessee was going on a 17 to 1 run there late in the first half. So Tennessee is a contender now in the SEC after hanging after kind of playing third banana to Auburn and Kentucky all season long. They are now have a 10 and 3 record, so that is good enough to be tied with Kentucky and they're trying their best. They could very well get a one seed in the SEC tournament if things go their way, including they get to host Auburn a week from Saturday in Thompson Bowling Arena, and that'll be a big game to be sure. So that is your college basketball update. When we return, the show will continue with some more excitement. Tweet at us at CDiscAU if there is something you would like to hear us talk about or if you have an opinion on college hoops. Once again, that's at CDiscAU if you want to see everything we're talking about so far on this Wednesday morning. We'll be right back with some more of the show. Do not go anywhere. I'm Jack Harjorn alongside Davis Carroll coming at you live on WEGL 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WGL 91.1 FM. It is 8.38 in the morning, and I just blew the dust off of some of these old extra point go-tos and comebacks. So Heck may- yeah. maybe a little trip down memory lane if you're a longtime fan of the station. Statement touchdown, unbelievable. Hope you enjoyed the secret 8.30 in the morning song. If you are listening on the radio or the web live stream, that's why you got to tune in live, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, we're going to jump into the news. We've got some live updates from the Russia and Ukraine situation. On a Wednesday morning, ABC News reporting that no meaningful pullback of Russian forces is what uh, Anthony Blinken has stated. The United States continues to warn that Russia could invade Ukraine, quote, at any day amid escalation and tensions in the region. More than 150,000 Russian troops are estimated to be massed near Ukraine's border. President Joe Biden said yesterday in his press conference, U.S. officials have urged all Americans to immediately leave the Ukraine. Biden said that the U.S. has not yet verified claims by the Russian president 
and uh, that Russia was withdrawing troops from Ukraine's border. That was, that was what Putin was claiming earlier in the week. ABC News has learned that Putin has told his military forces to be ready to invade by Wednesday, which is today. But it remains unclear whether he has made a decision to attack his neighbor. Meanwhile, Ukrainian president, oh my. I'm sure Archon Blinkenoff would uh, say our opposite of Anthony Blinken. Vladim- Vladimir Zelensky. That sounds, I think that was pretty good. Vladimir. Vladimir Zelensky. 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 He's got two Y's at the end of his name. Has called for a National Day of Unity on Wednesday. So happy National Day of Ukrainian Unity. You, Russia has denied its plans to invade and has demanded the U.S. and NATO bar Ukraine from joining the military alliance. Hmm. That's the latest. It's a lot of uh, he said, she said. We'll between see if he's got your thing. A lot of he said, she said between Putin and, and Biden right now. We'll see if America pushes back the day of invasion again. They've been saying it all week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smack cam when Russia invades Ukraine, day 817. You'd have to see that to get that. But. While the Russian Ministry of we'll Defense see. says none of its troops positioned near Ukraine's border would begin returning to their bases, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken told ABC's Good Morning America on Wednesday that the U.S. has seen no meaningful pullback and described the situation as, quote, deeply, deeply concerning. On the contrary, we continue to see forces, especially forces in the vanguard of any renewed aggression against Ukraine, continuing to be at the border, to mass at the border, quote, Blinken said, emphasizing the choice to de-escalate squarely on Russian President Vladimir Putin. Quote, President Putin is in a place and the capacity to act on very short notice. He said he can pull the trigger, he can pull it today, he can pull it tomorrow, he can pull it next week. The forces are there if he wants to renew aggression against Ukraine. So that is the current situation. According to Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, amid some tensions between U.S. and Ukrainian officials over the level of urgency here, Blinken defended Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, saying that the former comedian is taking it very seriously. He's trying to maintain calm. He doesn't want people to panic. That's the right thing to do. But I think the Ukrainians are taking it very, very seriously. ABC News anchor George Stephanopoulos asked Blinken directly if the threat of attack in Ukraine is today greater than it was yesterday. Blinken responds, from day to day, you can't say it's higher or lower. It's there. It's there. It's real. We have seen a pullback. We'd like to see one. If we see one, we would welcome it. We're prepared for diplomacy. We're prepared for aggression. We're prepared either way. So we're prepared. All right. Now I got to know, was Vladimir Zelensky really a comedian? What do you think his jokes were? What's the deal with Borscht? What's the deal with these bears that carry ammunition? Ukrainian politician, actor, and comedian who is the sixth and current president like of Ukraine. like Ronald Reagan. He's, um, let's see. Prior to his acting career, Zelensky obtained a degree in law from Kiev National Economic University. Hmm. He then pursued comedy and created the production company Kvartal 95, which produces films, cartoons, and TV shows, including Servant of the People. For all ages? In which Zelensky played the role of president of Ukraine. Oh, no way. It's like if Martin Sheen became the president. He wrote it into existence. <laughs> the series aired from 2015 to 2019 and was immensely popular. A political party bearing the same name oh, as the what? television show was created in March 2018 by employees of Kvartal 95. Zelensky announced his candidacy for the 2019 presidential election on the evening of 31 December 2018, alongside the New Year's address of President Petro Poroshenko, 
a political outsider. He had already become one of the front runners in the opinion polls for the election. He won the election with the 73.2% of the vote. Oh, my goodness. Defeating Poroshenko. Identifying as a populist, his achievements include dissolving parliament and winning a legislative election landslide, managing the COVID-19 pandemic, subsequent economic recession, and tackling corruption in Ukraine. In recent years, critics of Zelensky claim that the government has taken an authoritarian turn, citing an increase in corruption and democratic backsliding. Interesting. You what said a, he dissolved parliament? He, yeah. Hmm. No more parliament. Interesting. What a crazy development we have All out of Ukraine. from a Ukraine. TV show. Martin Sheen announces his candidacy. This is... I mean, it'd be like if Martin Sheen announced his candidacy in 2006, because... He he was on the show. It wasn't like Ronald Reagan either, where he like went to the governor after being an actor in the fifties. Straight to president. This guy was on TV from twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen. He was still on TV when he announced his candidacy do for you, the election. Do you think the fact that he played a president on a show, people were like, "Oh yeah, he he, he looks pretty good on the show. Might as well vote him in in real life." It has to be because I mean, how do you win seventy three percent of the popular vote? It must have been a must have been a really funny show. Honestly. That's 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 crazy. That's like if uh, Kevin Spacey became president. Yeah, or who's uh, another person that played president recently um, on TV? Let's see, uh, Scandal. I don't know that one. Uh, I know the show. I just don't know. Designated Survivor. Uh, was it Gibbs? I don't know. Gibbs is in that one from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Apple. Many people claim to have seen it that haven't. <laughs> Some people go their whole lives without seeing it. Um, we recorded through the lens, right? Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Is yes, that coming out next Monday? It is. All right. That's something to look forward to. Probably. We don't have any, we don't have any uh, Pirates of the Caribbean sounds yet. We need some. What would you Savvy. like? Savvy. What would you like? Well, there could be... Do You Fear Death is like iconic, but I'm not sure how that will that work. I heard Spider-Man was there. Classic. That'll have to do for now. All right. We're going to go to a quick break. When we return, we will have your Black History Month moment of the day. We will also have the weather. So... Keep it right here on Weagle 91.1. Oh, I'm like Bradley Whitford. I'm burping through all my lines right now. Uh, we'll be right back. Jack Harden, Davis Carroll coming at you live from the Harold Melton Student Center. Broadcasting from high atop the Haley Center. We are live on WEGL 91.1 and WeagleFM.com. Thank you to all those who are choosing to spend your Wednesday morning with us. If you have to hit the road, we understand. But keep it right here on Weagle 91.1. If you're sticking around, we'll be back with the final segment of the show in just a little bit. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll. We're coming at you live on a Wednesday morning from the Harold Melton Student Center here in Auburn University. We're right now currently in Auburn. It's 55 degrees and mostly cloudy is the terminology I've been issued from the National Weather Service. Right now it is uh, 55. It's going to get up to 60 this morning, 71 by this afternoon. So I don't know if the sun... It'll be a nice day to be out in Jungle Village to be sure. We are under a wind advisory. Davis, when you were walking between pretty windy. the Haley Center and the Student Center, did you get stuck in the wind tunnel? Uh I did not. It was very windy. But when I will I, say when it, I was walking in. It was it was it was pretty it had some I might have got blown away if I didn't have if you're if you're holding like a comically large umbrella. What I that other like last week or two, when it was like 
torrential downpour, you remember? Yes, yes, yes. I almost did get blown away because my, my umbrella kept getting caught and, like, yanked me. It was a not a good umbrella, but I did find it on the ground on the way to class one day. So what can I say? Well, there is a dangerous storm possible for uh, tomorrow, so keep your eyes on that. There seems to be a development Don't in, wear your jeans. in the Oklahoma City area right now that's going to push its way into the Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia area by tomorrow. So don't plan to do anything outside tomorrow because we will have one of our classic Alabama winter storms uh, in the works, much like we had, I believe, two weeks ago on Thursday yes. when the tornado came to town. All right. Um, we also got 11-mile-per-hour winds heading northwest. Sun's going to set at 5.28 p.m. Five-day forecast. Let's look ahead. <coughs> tomorrow is going to be 76, which is going to bring the rain along with it. Thunderstorms tomorrow. Friday, it's going to cool off 54 degrees. And then we got 60 degrees and 66 degrees this weekend. So very nice weather for the middle of winter, as I'll, as I'll repeat myself. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Clear skies today, though. Won't have to worry about any rain right now. It's tomorrow you got to look out for. And that has been your War Eagle weather update, ladies and gentlemen. War Eagle weather. All right. Uh, we did the news. We did the sports. Time to do... One of our favorite segments here on Copic Discourse. We'll do some learning time as it is February, 16th day of February. We are, in the, we are closer to March than we are to January right now, if you can believe that. Hmm. Uh, March Madness is getting closer. Spring break's getting closer. Baseball season's getting cro- closer. Um, all that and more is, is what's coming up later on in the year. Get excited about that. And the weather just continues to be nice and warm. So it is just... I think the, I think the groundhog was wrong is what I'm saying. No way. Yeah. Puxitani Phil would never be wrong. What, what was the other one name? Um, Milwaukee Mark. What was his <laughs> name? I don't know. Pittsburgh Pete. Was that his name? I don't know. It was something. Groundhog that died. Milltown Mel. Milltown. Mel. So Milwaukee Mark wasn't far off. Yeah, yeah. I had the right letter. Had the the right consonants. If you will, mm, the right alliteration. There you go. All right, uh, we're gonna jump into our Black History Month moment of the day. This one is very close to home for all parties involved. Today we're gonna be talking about the one and only Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Johnson is a former Air Force and NASA engineer who invented the massively pos- popular Super Soaker water gun. Ba boom, boom. Lonnie Johnson, African-American engineer and inventor Lonnie Johnson, earned his master's degree in nuclear engineering from Tuskegee University and went on to work for the U.S. Air Force and the NASA space program. After tinkering with the invention of a high-powered water gun, Johnson's super soaker became a top-selling item in the early 1990s. It, he has since been developing the Johnson thermoelectric energy converter, an engine that converts heat directly into electricity, which Johnson sees as the path to low-cost solar power. Hmm. This guy's awesome. He's still, still getting after it. Still working hard. Lonnie George Johnson was born on October 6, 1949 in Mobile, Alabama. His father was a World War II veteran who worked as a civilian driver at nearby Air Force bases. What's what's that one called, Davis? Brooklyn? Berkeley? Brooklyn? Say it again. Air Force bases in Mobile? Oh, uh, there's the air, there's the air, uh, the airstrip, Brooklyn Field. Okay. Is that it? I don't know. Well, that's the only one I can They weren't of. specific. I thought you would know. That's the only one. 
There is. While his mother worked in a, as a laundry and nurse's aide during the summers, both of Johnson's parents also picked cotton on his grandfather's farm. Out of both interest of a, an economic necessity, Johnson's father was a skilled handyman who taught his six children to build their own toys. When Johnson was a, still a small boy, he and his dad built a pressurized china berry shooter out of bamboo shoots. Interesting. At the age of 13... Johnson attached a lawnmower engine to a go-kart he built from junkyard scraps and raced it along the highway until police pulled him over. Interesting. Johnson dreamed of becoming a famous inventor and during his teenage years began to grow more curious about the way things worked and the more ambitious his experimentation went. Lonnie tore up all his sister's baby dolls to see what made the eyes close. Another time he nearly burned the house down when he attempted to cook up rocket fuel in one of his mother's saucepans and the concoction exploded. What was he planning on doing with that rocket fuel? Probably putting it in his go-kart. Hmm. Growing up in Mobile in the days of legal segregation, Johnson attended Williamson High School, an all-black facility where, despite his precocious intelligence and creativity, he was told not to aspire beyond a career as a technician. Nevertheless, inspired by the story of famed African-American inventor George Washington Carver, Johnson preserved, persevered excuse me, in his dream of becoming an inventor. Nicknamed the professor by his high school buddies, Johnson represented his school in a 1968 science fair sponsored by the Junior Engineering Technological Society, or JETS. Nice. The fair took place at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, where, just five years earlier, Governor Wallace had tried to prevent black students from enrolling at the school by standing in the doorway of the auditorium. The only black student in the competition, Johnson debuted a compressed air-powered robot called the Lennox that he had painstakingly built from junkyard scraps over the course of a year. Much to the chagrin of the university officials, Johnson won first prize. The only thing... Anybody from the university said to us during the entire competition was goodbye and y'all drive safe now. After graduating with Williamson's last segregated class in 1969, Johnson attended Tuskegee University on scholarship. He earned a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering in 1973, and two years later he received a master's in nuclear engineering from the school. Ooh. Hmm. And then, uh, let's see. Let's look, let's look at the— He worked on the stealth bomber program with the Air Force. Skunk Works, even? Could be. Johnson went on to join the U.S. Air Force, becoming an important member of the government scientific establishment. He was assigned to the Strategic Air Command, where he helped develop the stealth bomber program. Johnson moved on to NASA's JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, in 1979, working as a systems engineer for Galileo Mission to Jupiter and the Cassini Mission to Saturn before returning to the Air Force in 1982. All right, time for the super soaker part. Despite his busy days... Johnson continued to pursue his own inventions in his spare time. One of his longtime pet projects was an environmentally friendly heat pump that used water instead of Freon. Johnson finally completed a prototype one night in 1982 and decided to test it in his bathroom. He aimed the nozzle into his bathtub, pulled the lever, and blasted a powerful stream of water straight into the hot tub. Johnson's instantaneous and instinctive reaction, since shared by millions of kids around the world, was pure delight. Mm. In 1989, after seven years of tinkering and tireless sales pitching, during which he left the Air Force to go into business for himself, Johnson finally sold his device to the Laramie Corporation, the Power Drencher. I see why that did not catch on. <laughs> Initially failed to make much of a commercial impact, but after an additional marketing effort and a name change, the Super Soaker became a massively successful item. It topped $200 million in sales in 1991 and went on to annually rank among the world's top 20 best-selling toys. And that's the Boom. story. It even goes further. He sued Hasbro in 2013 because he's saying he was getting underpaid on royalties and he was awarded $73 million in royalties 
from Hasbro. This guy's hustling. This guy's awesome. Name one thing that he didn't do that he did that wasn't cool. Um, exactly. Uh, he was cooking up rocket fuel. He was making robots. He made the super soaker. He made hair rollers that set without heat. Really? That's what I'm. That's what I'm reading right here. He, he's, he has 250 patents. Good gracious! All right, Lonnie Johnson, L O N N I E Johnson. Check it out if you haven't already. He's a he's a fascinating guy. He probably can find something we didn't even tell you about. Right he lives here. in Atlanta right now. We should go see him. <laughs> he's a Libra. Hello, <laughs> hello, Lonnie. I'm a Leo. <laughs> Little lion. All right, I think that's gonna do it for today. Which one's Libra? That's Pisces's fish. Pisces is fish. I believe Libra is the bull. No, no, there's no bull. Tara. Oh, there's a bull. Libra is the one that looks like an omega. What's its What's its animal? So lame. Uh, oh, it's the lady with the sword and the balance beam. Okay. The uh, the lady justice. Lady justice. She's blind. She's not blind. That's why she has to wear the blindfold. There's the wizard 101. Oh, it's true. There's a wizard 101 lady justice or whatever. She looks like that. What school of magic was she from? Balance, maybe. Ugh. Maybe you were balanced. Don't, I was. Don't, don't, look, don't don't exhume that <laughs> on the radio. Everybody knows that now. Dang, everyone knows what Wizard One. You won't know what mine was, was though. Man, yeah, I'm not gonna out you if you outed me. <laughs> everyone, uh, tweet at us at CDiscAU. What school of magic do you think Davis played as in Wizard One? I played as multiple, but if you can guess my most played, I'll give you a dollar. All right, not folks, actually. we're gonna have to get out of here for today. We got to go play some Wizard One Hundred One. Oh, I wish. With that. That's going to do it for another episode of Compact Discourse. Thank you for joining me, Davis. For sure. Got to get my comida. 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 Later, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WBGL 91.1 FM. However you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna from WeagleFM.com or by listening to our podcast, absolutely commercial break free on your podcast player of choice. Just search for Compact Discourse. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDISCAU. That's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U for links to the podcast, important information about the show. And uh, some fun stuff like Long Beach State University's Pyramid. You can also tweet at us to get your opinion on the show and join the conversation on Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. You might want to go ahead and follow WEGL on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU. That's Weagle underscore AU as our dedicated team of marketing professionals is working tirelessly to provide you high-quality content. we got concerts on campus tomorrow, and we're DJing Jungle Village tonight. And with that, for Jack Hart and Davis Carroll, we wish you a great rest of your Wednesday. Wednesday, we will talk at you tomorrow for the week finale of Compact Discourse, 8 a.m. on Thursday. As always, this is Jack Hart signing off. And War Eagle, ladies and gentlemen, go 1-0 and come support Auburn basketball tonight against Vanderbilt. haunted room actually stretching?